0: Welcome to Rugged Rants, a tough and at times bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes. I'm your host, Barry Ross, and today's topic is strategic partnerships. Our guest, Kim Murtaugh, Group Manager of Strategic Alliances for Panasonic. Today, she is gonna share her insights on the alliances and partnerships and third-party programs, discuss the various types of alliances, and what to look for in a successful relationship. So welcome, Kim. Glad to have you. What do you think? Not a bad gig? It's my only show. Nice,
1: pretty nice, I have to admit.
0: Right, so I'm a thing now, just letting you know. Um, so let's start at the beginning, and I know it's kind of an odd question, but how did you get involved in strategic alliances? Only because I know in what you do, you need a lot of skills, like in biz dev, procurement, understanding a contract, all those things. And that's not easy to come by, all those skills.
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Barry. I've been really lucky in my career to be able to kind of position and jump to different uh, opportunities. And I think because of that, I've created a unique skill set where I've always been engaged in the business. And so understanding the real business need and desire and um, risk management, um, compliance, compliance, um, I think, are, are areas that um, speak to me. So I've been able to work in procurement for a little while, which got me <laughs> embedded <Ooh>. in contracts. <laughs> and so I spend a lot of time reviewing contracts, and which isn't a skill of, it of itself. Right. Um, knowing a contract and the business risk and indemnification and insurance, but really just being able to dissect and see, hey, is the delivery mechanism, can we operationalize this? Do we have the infrastructure mm. for it? Um, a lot of people uh, spend time looking in the minutiae, but don't pull back and really understand what does it mean to the customer to be able to deliver something and get it through and out the door in a way that is best going to serve them. And, and that's kind of what I do.
0: And that's interesting because you and I have both been on the side of, hey, here's a business case, a lot of money to be made, and we'll make it tomorrow. And it's almost like you need the wherewithal and the skill to step back and say, well,
1: how do you implement how are we going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think there's so many good ideas today. And so one of the things that strikes me about where we are in uh, the world is technology is moving so fast, and the partnerships that we need to engage in and deliver all these different products and solutions and services require us to be nimble and fast but there's still a business to be run and there's still a way to operationalize that business. And sometimes that's not as fast as it needs to be or we don't have the infrastructure that you need to have. And I think that's where it gets struggling for some people to say, well, I don't understand, why does it take so long to do X, Y, or Z? And we all work within the confines of the world we live in. And and I'm smiling
0: because we've totally been there recently. (laughs) And so I'm going to jump ahead because the next question is someone or something or something that I've been asked several times. And it's, you know, hey, you're going to choose between doing something fast, cheap, or good. Choose one. And frequently, I'm just going to interrupt, you're asked to do all three.
1: You, you can't choose one. So if I was to say to Mr. Customer, do you want it fast, cheap, or good? what do you think they would say to me? Like, <laughs> I don't think I'd be here. Um, and so I, that question drives me insane because if you look at everything from the customer back, it's about quality, it's mm-hmm. about uh, delivery, it's about expectation and cost and timing and all those things play a factor, of course, because it's built into what the customer wants. And the, But if you build the requirements based on, really being able to deliver the requirements of the voice of the customer and the voice of the market or the opportunity that's presenting to us, you're going to be able to build a true opportunity, solution, service, whatever it might be, that enables that customer, I think, to understand it's not fast or cheap or just good. It's got to be everything to to that one person. For them, that's their hard-earned cash. In order for them to make the investment, You're going to have to deliver what you say you're going to deliver and and be able to do it in a way that makes sense to them in their business.
0: And and all these things require investment on both sides.
1: And time and, and, you know, all the things, you know, I think so many times in our business, we just want to run and it takes time to take a breath and sit down and say, okay, where's the value? Why are we doing this? How do we get to where we need to be? Does everybody in the value stream right. get the value that they deserve? And is it? are we making sure not one person is overwrought on the value side or on the cost or the margin? And uh, you've got to build that infrastructure in place. And so a lot of what I do is looking at it from the ground up to understand, hey, what is the expectation out there? And then how do we pull back and make sure we can deliver on that?
0: Yeah, It does seem like we do spend a lot of time, and rightly so, on setting expectations. I think that's the key.
1: And I think it's true both internally and externally. So when I do go out and meet with new partners and, you know, for, for those of you listening, a strategic alliance partner for us is um, it's somebody who you need to build your infrastructure around to deliver as a service or a software or hardware that you don't have the expertise to deliver or the time or money to do. And so in any company, you should look to understand what your value add is, what are your core competencies and then if you can't build out more, you go and find the right partners who have the same um, quality and the same uh, mindset that you do. And, the, and for us, it's customer expectation. It's the ability to deliver on the quality that uh, we need. And so we really surround ourselves with strategic alliance partners that will enhance our offering and make sure the customer is being met. And, but when you look at a partner
0: or partners, you just look at one to fill that void, right? I mean, you look at many. Yeah. In theory.
1: Yeah, I think the, the key to any good um, review of of the the opportunity, goes back to, again, those requirements, is to understand the market that you need to fill. And so, like I just mentioned, there's lots of companies and partners out there. You got to find the right ones that, that do what you're looking for. They do it with the same level of integrity or quality or or what are the core competencies you want. Sometimes, you know, they're large, sometimes they're small, sometimes they're nimble, sometimes they're not. Right. And it's basing it on the expectation and the requirements that you have. Again, I know I say this word requirements a lot, which is <laughs> totally me fine. In trouble. You, I am smiling through the entire <laughs> yeah. conversation
0: because so I think you're hitting
1: it. I think it's really, you know, if you if you build something out and you've got the right partners around you, um, it's just exponential. You can just keep growing and growing. And it's building that platform that allows you to have a a real relationship driven. Uh, I try to always make sure that there's a lot of transparency. There's a lot of awareness around what we're trying to accomplish and understanding that together we can get there to serve this customer's need, but it's truly together. It's not me, you know, standing above you saying, well, you must do X, Y, or Z. That company that we're partnering with is going to be More knowledgeable in that space and what they do than I am, which is why I'm going out to meet with them and really understand the value they bring. But but to your earlier point,
0: though, how
1: do you know, and really
0: simplistic question, how do you know you have the right partner? Yeah. Because we've been going back and forth on this across every program. That's
1: the hardest question, right? Because you don't know. I mean, you can do all the work in the world and you do. Um, there's lots of, of things that everyone RFIs and RFPs and now there's an RFS, which is a request for solution. Um, but you're really doing, you do a financial analysis, you know, without private or public. And, um, it, it, a lot of times it's, it's sitting across the table and having that open conversation around what are, what are your goals? Where are you going? Where are you looking to be in, in, in the space or in the space that we're trying to go to? Um, Do you feel like this is Mm. a fit? Can we go there together? Sometimes the answer is like, no, that doesn't make sense for us. And I think having those conversations early on and really exploring the roadmap and where you want to be, whether it's for a single customer or for a market segment or for an uh, overall opportunity, you have to have the level of discussion and set the expectation up front. So many times we get in trouble because our expectation might be X and their expectation is Y and we're just not aligned. And so when you have a misalignment, so many things get off kilter because the customer expecting one thing, you're trying to deliver something else, but your partners are driving to a whole different drum. And so you really need to have that consistent alignment, consistent contact and communication is so important. I think that's part of the hard
0: in terms of your role, let me talk about your role for a second, if Please I may. Do. No, I I know, what do that. I know? But I think that's probably the hardest part of your role is trying to suss out with a partner whether or not they're capable of doing that job. Only because if they're new or they're trying to impress you, and you work for a large company, right? That's right. a tough conversation. And having been on the opposite side of that, right? At a small company, which may not scale.
1: Yeah. Scalability, right? That's the key. And so when you're a large company and you're sitting at the table and and you talk about the opportunity, and sometimes it's numbers that people just look at like, wow, that'll, 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 that's it, right? We've made, we've made it. That's our whole year. Um, And it's like anything else, right? We're set. Yeah. But uh, you know, everything takes time. And that's why I think it's just so important to have that open level of conversation. Because I, I will often ask, well, you know, what will you do when this turns on and the faucet mm. turns on? And, and how will you scale appropriately? And, and what is your plan for that? And, you know, the same is true for scaling down. Like it, it might be seasonal. It might be, you know, a, a longer deployment or sales cycle. So how do we plan for that together? And what are the triggers or the milestones that we're going to work to and have that communication that says, hey, here's our pipeline. Here's what we're seeing. You might want to go execute on that plan that we had around, you know, turning on or turning up versus turning down. And so you need to really plan that equally because the customer looks to you. Um, That's the one thing around strategic alliance partners for us uh, is they are an extension of me, right? And so as I'm sitting in front of the customer, uh, they're looking at us as Panasonic and whoever's behind us is just who's behind us. And so they're enabling the solution to go or the productization to go out the door. And so you really got to make sure you've got the ability to have the right partners in place that will help deliver that for you.
0: And so if things go south though- It's us, well, yeah, we're on so, the hook. So well, you're the first person that they call.
1: Yeah, I don't answer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well, we know that's not the case at all. <laughs> I, I just want to say something. We've done a whole, almost a whole session without naming our company, which is great, which yeah. we said we were going to do. Yeah. So if we can get through the whole segment. You got uh, it. I, that's, our, that's our plan. You're, you're killing it. This is
1: it. about the, uh, the the real value that strategic alliance partners bring to any company and any industry. Um, in my career, I've had the advantage of working with lots of different types of partners, whether it was in a channel program or, or the third-party vendors and software and hardware. Um Everybody really has a value and has an expertise. And mm. so to think you can do everything, whoever you are, even the company of our size, we we could never do everything. And we should be humble enough to recognize that and say, OK, let's figure out who the right ones are that we can bring with us.
0: And I think that's important. That goes back to your comment earlier about being honest, not just with your partners, but with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. What's your core competency?
1: Yeah, Across all levels. Right. right. So, you know, right. being honest with how fast are you going to pay your bills? How fast are you oh going to right. take your purchase orders? You know, like how fast is your sales cycle? Um, you know, how fast is your product delivered? Can you deliver everything at the same time? How do we enable that? So there's so many different pieces to the puzzle that You know, you're constantly evolving and you're constantly striving to do better for your customers and your partners. So it's it's this again, communication and path to say what's working, what isn't working, um, how do we make changes and be nimble enough to try to to drive change fast.
0: So the next question I'm gonna ask you, it's kinda we started at a high level, which is great, and I'm gonna ask you about one tool in particular, and it's about requests for information or requests for pricing. And I don't think our listeners need to know what that actually is outside of like, look, this is when you've locked down your requirements, you're going to submit this to a bunch of partners Mm -hmm. for responses. But what do you need to know? What does Kim need to know before you get to that stage? And it's not a trick question, right? Is it just like, well, pricing? or, mm, cost, or, mm, you know, just high-level delivery of an SLA. There's a lot of stuff there that goes into there's
1: it. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, for those of our listeners who've never had to review an RFP, you're you're uh, best, much better off than I am. So <laughs> um, they're very intense. Um, and they, they go at all different levels, right? There's RFPs that, that we respond to, and then there's RFPs that we put out to find uh, partners who are in the space that might be a good uh, alliance partner for us. And so I think what we're looking for are um, product, product portfolio. Um, tell me about who you are. Tell me about your company culture. Tell me about your infrastructure and where you're located. And are you global or local? Uh, we want to know, do you do you offshore or onshore? Right. We want to know about your pricing structure and your channel structure. And we often want to know, how do you go to market? You know, Are you competing against me? Or are you not competing against me? Um, do you touch my customers or my partners today? So there's a lot that you go in to try to um, do the analysis up front. But I will tell you, I am... I do a lot. I answer a lot of RFPs. I see a lot of RFPs. I always want to sit across the table from someone. That's really when you're going to get the most out of the understanding of of who they are, who their culture is. You go to their office, you walk their halls, you speak to their employees, Mm. Um, you have lunch in their cafeteria. Uh, Does that yes, say a lot? Can that, that say says a lot? A lot about a company to say. Okay, you know, where do you ha- where do you go to lunch? Don't take me out to a fancy lunch. Take me to where your employees are. Let's go see. You know, maybe it's just everybody sits down with their bag lunch, or they've got a cafeteria, or they've got a food truck, or. Um, it's like an interview. It's really understanding the culture and how a company is run from the inside out. Uh, for me, that's the the bread and butter of how your customers will perceive you. if you If your employees are happy and they you can just tell by walking in an atmosphere that it's upbeat and they're, um, you know, joyful versus kind of the the gloom and gloom. <laughs> the graveyard. Of, uh, yeah, exa- you know, you can feel that. And so I think it's contagious. And the best relationships and companies I've ever worked with have had similar cultures to ours, very transparent and open and um, you know, conscientious about society and just drive different things, and and that is one of the things that we value. And so I look to say, you know, what do you do and where do you fit. So it's it's not always what you can see on an RFP. Right. Well, it seems like you like your job, which which I like that you I like your like job. job yes. Of course, you couldn't say anything otherwise, just yeah. considering correct,
0: <laughs> <laughs> considering <laughs> the audience. But uh, so uh, good segue then. So tell me one thing that you do like about your job. Could be. Working with me, I, I, I don't know.
1: Well, no, let's not go that far. Um, so I think the thing I like the best about my job is the challenge that my job consistently brings. And so um, I'm, I've i often in my career been called a change agent where mm. I don't shy away from doing the, the hard or the difficult or the challenging work. Um, that's kind of what I like to do when it gets mundane or com- repetitive, it gets um, a little bit boring for me. Ooh. And
0: so... Um, well, why boring? Why why boring? It seems like this is the exact opposite of boring.
1: No, yeah. If it was repetitive or, oh. you know, so the fact that we don't live in this uh, cookie cutter world within the job and that there's always the need to figure out what's the next best thing. Can we deliver it or do we have to go find someone to help us deliver it? Uh, and then how do we drive the right process and procedures in place and governance to make sure that what we're doing again, ultimately serves the need of the customer. Mm. And so, you know, if we always have the customer focus and we try to drive the fact that that customer or that market segment that we see an opportunity in back all the way from that to today, how do we get there? And what are the steps we have to take? Who are we taking those steps with? Mm. And then, uh, let's go execute against that. So that's, that's what I love the most.
0: That's, uh, it's, uh, we like that. That's a good answer Thanks. compared to some of the answers I get usually, like not working with you, Barry.
1: Well, so, you know, yeah, at I least th- people are honest. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think in
0: that response, yes, that's that's exactly right.
1: We're just kidding. Barry's a great guy.
0: Well, it's too late. I've got two <laughs> listeners, my mom and my dad. So just to be honest, only one likes the show. So uh, I think we're almost out of time. But just to kind of recap, Kim, what would be two or three audience takeaways from this segment, what would you want them to remember about what we discussed? Like I heard setting expectations is one, right? Mm -hmm. What else would there be?
1: So I think um, top of setting expectations, it's understanding your limitations as a company and what Mm. you can and cannot do. Um, You know, there's so much, your core competencies, you want to grow and enhance, but it's equally as important to understand where you don't want to grow and enhance Mm. and find the right partners in place that will help you deliver the right solutions or productization or services to your customers and grow your business in areas that you may have never thought of because you were so internally focused. Right. Um, Get out of your own internal box and look outside of yourselves and find out where else is there opportunity that often can be gained very easily and quickly with the addition of some key partnerships.
0: I think that's important, Mm -hmm. especially in the role that you've uh, just started. So we're looking forward to working with you, even though you're not part of the team anymore. Um, I think we're out of time, and I think that's it for us. I'm Barry Ross, and that was another episode of Rugged Rants. Turn into new episodes and hear from fellow co-hosts Susan Campbell or Craig Joukowsky on a whole range of topics, each a tough and bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes.